Hello, and welcome to another episode of Black Girl Squeak, the podcast where we celebrate Black Femme Genius with a squeak! I am your co-host, I am known as In This Corner on the Twitters. I'm Dee Dee, I go by Dust Daughter on social media. Together, we are Black Girl Squee on Twitter, Tumblr, Pod, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. As I said, you can find me at Ender's Corner. You can find Dee Dee at Dust Daughter. And you can find us both collectively at Black Girl Squee. And you can also email us at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. Of course, if you're listening, you know that the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and your favorite podcatcher if you use our RSS feed. And of course, you can find all of our episodes up on our podcast host, blackgirlsquee.simplecast.com. Okay, a couple of housekeeping notes to get out of the way. We have a spoiler policy here, and that policy is we spoil shit, and we are not sorry. If we talk about it, we will probably spoil it. Well, not probably, we will. And as you can probably guess today, we have both seen the first episode of Lovecraft Camp Country. More than likely, you will hear spoilers for it. So if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Also, we squee very loudly, as you can hear at the top of the show. We cuss a lot because we are grown. And also because we are grown, we talk about dick. And again, we are not sorry. We grown. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> so with that out of the way, we can get back, well, back into, we can get into some squee-worthy news. <laughs> and uh, Didi, you want to? Get us started on that. Yes, let me uh, part my uh, move my bayang out the way and uh, talk about. <laughs> wanted to talk about a new podcast uh, that's hosted by friends of the show. Uh, speaking of Lovecraft Country, there are a lot of podcasts out. Um, most of them are about are run by people who really don't have the range to be talking about this show, but we won't get into that, although we could. Um, the show I'm talking about, the podcast is called Lovecraft Country Crossing. It's with Megan and Maria. Maria uh, is a friend of this show and also co-host of Missives from the Underground, which you can find mm-hmm. on this feed. Uh, and that's important. Because, yes. uh, as as you all know, uh, Lovecraft Country uh, mm-hmm. is executive produced, uh, and um, the showrunner and writer of many of the episodes is Misha Green, who also mm-hmm. uh, show ran uh, Underground. And I, I really think it's important that. Um, you listen to some, some people who have watched Underground and are familiar with Misha Green's work and the way that she likes to tell stories. So that's why I wanted to shout out this podcast, because um, you're going to get a lot more context and understanding on this show than you will with other Lovecraft Country um podcasts that may have only read the 2016 book by Matt Ruff or may have only read um, work from racist-ass H.P. Lovecraft. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Fuck that dude forever. I hope he's rolling in his grave <laughs> about all these black people using his tropes. <laughs> I hope he's twisting and turning in that motherfucker. So, um, but so definitely check out this this um, podcast. It's called Lovecraft Country Crossing. Their Twitter is at L C C C. Well, L C C Crossing. So there's L, there's an L and three C's and then Rossing. Rossing. But um <laughs> but um <laughs> we'll we'll put a link in the notes and um definitely check this out and support and please support the the, the black people who are podcasting this show, whether they're um on Apple Podcasts, or whether they're on YouTube or doing it, doing it on some other platform, please. Those are the folks you need to listen to. Because I'm sorry, I just really y'all really that desperate to hear what a white people what white people think about Lovecraft Country. That's that's just it couldn't be me. So <laughs> it could not be me. I love myself. I tried it with Watchmen. I will admit, I will not do that no more. Gave me a fucking headache. So to Megan <laughs> and Maria, we give a huge <laughs> Also wanted to mention Maria is also with Nerdgasm One Network, and they will probably also end up talking about Lovecraft Country at, at some points in their show as well. So those will probably be my go-tos if you want content for that. So just a just a heads up. Yep. Okay, um, moving on in um, us be worthy news. Uh, one. When you say that correctly, Raquel, I believe Willis meditates with her plants as self-care. And this was a feature in Allure magazine. Uh, Laura has a series called My Beauty Ritual, where people talk about the ways they use skincare as a method of self-care. And Willis is a writer, activist, and director of communications at the Miss Foundation. And in this series, she says she uses self-care to avoid burnout. Uh, in the article, she says, quote, it is by design to really work ourselves to a point of wasting away because of the systems of oppression. White supremacy wants people of color, in particular, to work themselves to the bone. The patriarchy wants women and people of other genders to work themselves to the bone. She also says the work is important and there will always be work to do. There will always be urgency, but if you don't take care of yourself, you will not be the best version of you to do that work. Amen. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, she says every day I wake up and tend to my plants. I imagine my plant time is meditation in a way, and it forces me to slow down. It forces me to take stock of new growth, literally. It also reminds her to stay hydrated and get sunlight in there, just like the plants. And yeah, I just recently adopted some plants myself. And when you're watering the plants and stuff, it just kind of reminds you, oh yeah, I should be doing this too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> Raquel Willis and to her self-care, we give a big All right, well, real quick, um, Kamala Harris is Biden's VP pick, uh, which makes her 
first black woman and the first uh, South Asian woman to be nominated by, for VP by a major party. Um, she's from Oakland, California. She's the daughter of immigrants. Um, um, her father's Jamaican. Her mother is um, Indian. Um, she is very much a moderate who worked mm-hmm. as a prosecutor, um, formerly for as attorney general of the state of California before running for Senate. And now, and now she's VP. Yeah. Um, could say a lot of other stuff, but, uh, trying to keep it positive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> We'll Silver just, lining. Yeah, we'll keep it at that. Um, yeah. They're better than the alternative. Not that much, yeah. but they're better. So yeah. to <laughs> Kamala Harris, we give a squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> Did not mean that. That was the most tepid squeeze in history. <laughs> Oh, well. Look, well, okay, we got some more, just a little bit more uh, news and politics, and we'll move on because apparently, just, oh, God. I don't think either of us have that much faith in politics anymore, but we still got to keep up with it, you know? Right. Right. But um, some more, you know, some, some good news. We got, there are more than 200 women of color running for Congress in 2020. 267 women of color have filed the paperwork to become candidates for Congress. And that's more than a couple of years ago because it was 179 women of color who ran, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2018. And uh, some women have already won primaries, including Cori Bush in Missouri and Keita Haynes in Tennessee. And I think, I know Cori definitely is definitely more on the progressive side. Keita might be as well. But um, also that, and I think like four Native American women have won their primaries in Kansas. So, and a lot of them, you know, do tend to be more on the progressive side because I am seeing more people, you know, kind of not being afraid to run with that progressive um, platform, which is a relief, but, you know, not always, but still, this is, you know, like I said, we're just going to look at the positive on this. And, you know, hope that, you know, some good comes out of it, especially for the people who have, uh, vote in their local um, elections. So to these women who are becoming candidates for Congress, we give a big squeeze. Okay. I'm just going to run through the Emmy nominations. Of course, um, in our last episode, we talked about a few of the uh, black femmes that got snubbed, mm-hmm. namely, namely the majority of the cast of Pose. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, but uh, the Emmys will air uh, September twentieth on ABC. <laughs> I guess it's going to be another huge Zoom thing because I don't know if. It'll be safe to have all these people in the same room. <laughs> um, it's certainly not worth it. 
But um, here are the nominees. Here are the nominees that we're interested in. Um, Zendaya is nominated for lead actress in a drama series for Euphoria. Issa Rae and Tracy Ellis Ross were nominated for lead actress in a comedy series. Regina King and Octavia Spencer and Carrie Washington were nominated for lead actress in a lead in a limited series or movie. So um, Regina King, of course, from for Watchmen. Octavia Spencer for Self Made. I think that was the Madam C J Walker story. Yes. And uh, Carrie Washington for Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, Samira Wiley and Tandy Newton. Uh, are nominated for Supporting Actress in a Drama Series for The Handmaid's Tale and Westworld, respectively. Yvonne Orji uh, was nominated for Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for her work on Insecure. Um, Uzo Aduba was nominated for Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie for Mrs. America. Yay! She plays Shirley Chisholm. Yeah. Um, the show on HBO called A Black Lady Sketch Show was nominated for Variety <laughs> Sketch Series. Um, Maya Rudolph and Wanda Sykes were nominated for Character Voiceover Performance. That must be a new category. Yeah, so, yeah, and Maya Rudolph is about to get a lot more work because of the new story that we uh, talked about earlier. Um, she usually is called on to play Kamala Harris on Saturday Night Live. So now that she's the VP nominee, am I about to get them checks? Mm-hmm. All right, girl. Um, so to all of these uh, black women earning Emmy nominations, we give a big all right and um our last side of man square with the news uh my apologies because i meant to actually put this in for last week but i completely forgot because i I read it and it was really good but journey smollett is uh featured in the cover of the hollywood reporter for this month and really um yo it's a really good profile, very good profile, but it's also kind of enraging. So um, you read it, definitely do so with care. But I did not realize that she's only 33 because it feels like, you know, she's she really has grown up in front mm-hmm. of our eyes. Because yeah. I still remember her as a child actor. And now yeah. she's a grown-ass woman, you know, with a three-year-old child, you know. But uh, yeah, in the um, story, you know, talks about, you know, her activism and something that's just been ingrained in her from her mom, because yes, indeed, her mom is the black one. And she gives off those very strong, my mom is the black one vibes. Uh, (laughs) It matters. It matters. She she really does. But um, yeah, talks about, you know, know, her mom saying that that she would take them to see films like Malcolm X, you know, like cover their eyes at certain points, you know, mm. that she's um, a friend of Patrice Cullors, who's the co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement. 
So she really is kind of just deeply ingrained in activism. Uh, talks a bit about um, what she can talk about with uh, her brother Jesse's case. But I'll just say she can't really say a lot of stuff because of legal stuff, but she believes him. So she's staying on his side. Yeah, it's great. You know, there's some things in here also, uh, you know, when she, um, like, a lot of things that she has to do, like trying to work around, you know, finding child care for her kid, you know, now that, you know, she's divorced from her husband and like, wow, it's just, uh, but um, the thing that, you know, you want to be careful in about, she has faced uh, sexual harassment and things like that from like since age 12, from, from that young age, she has had to deal with that, you know, throughout the industry and just like wow that's just a imagine being a 12 year old child and being sexually harassed on a tv or film set but, like um, you don't you don't know how to deal with that you don't know exactly. how to cope with that at 12 exactly exactly but yeah you shouldn't have to know how to cope with that at exactly 12. yes people should leave you the fuck alone yes so that you know, means like ever since Eve by Eve's by you. Yes. Yeah. She was a child. She since the beginning of her fucking career. Like yes. this is ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, some really interesting, you know, because her um her mom, you know, advocated for her a lot, like wouldn't just let her take any old role. I just love she said she's she would be here and her mom on the phone, like, if it's about money. I can go in the corner and sell pussy and get money. It ain't about that. And so, like, we weren't just going to let her kids. She wasn't going to let her kids just do any old thing. And so, and still, like, I think she said by, by the time she was, Journey was 11, she was doing, you know, the bookkeeping for the family. But they still had, like, just lots of times, you know, they're trying to negotiate to keep the lights on and stuff like that. So it has not been you know, easy for them. And of course, she's also underpaid. She was, she also mentions she was very underpaid for underground, which was, um, damn. Yeah. She she's was the, the fucking, fucking lead. lead. <laughs> <laughs> she's the fucking lead of that show and still got paid less than all this hot. I don't think he knew it. Though. But yeah, she, she yeah. got paid less than him. You know, she's the lead. Uh, one thing also, you know, talks about her relationship with Misha Green. It's like she said she knew from the start that those two were going to be friends, get along. But said, but it didn't happen right away. And so because yeah, Misha Misha yeah. said that she didn't get along with she didn't get along with Journey. Yeah, <laughs> at first. Yeah, but the way she explains is like because they were both in a position where they were kind of like this was their first. This was like Journey's first like lead role. Like, like I guess as an adult. But it's also Misha Green's first show as the showrunner, you know, as a director. Mm-hmm. And they had to finally, they had to learn how to work with each other. And eventually, you know, that relationship blossomed. And of course, now with Misha doing Lovecraft County and of course, Journey Small is leading, they have that relationship. So definitely check this out. It's, 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 written, it's very well written. It's very interesting. It's informative. And, you know, I'm just so glad, you know, have you know this thing to you know very strong-willed black women you know at the head of it and you know like I said I cannot believe Journey Smollett is only 33 and this is finally 
between this and Black Canary and um, the Harley Quinn film. I'm sorry, I forget the name of it. But it's the this is this is it looks like she's about to break through along with some other people we we'll, we can talk about you know later but you know oh yes <laughs> <laughs> but you know go check it out it's really good and you know you learn a lot about journey smollett here and i just love her type so so to journey smollett to misha green to lovecraft country we give a big <laughs> Also, Journey, I would believe my brother over the CPD exactly. any day. Exactly. So yeah. I, I support you. Yes. Also, also, um, Wami Masako in that blue dress, girl. I want to talk about that. Yeah, I want to talk You're about so that. Fucking too. gorgeous. Yeah. Because that's the watch the sister Rosetta Tharp. <laughs> mm. But also, just just her in that dress. She could have just yeah. stood there at the mic in that dress. <laughs> Bravo! No, it was, she, no, she has been one of my favorites ever since I remember seeing her in Black Mirror. I just I saw her in Black Mirror and went and looked her up. And I'm like, ah, and you know, found some other things she's been in, and I have watched things just because she was in it. Yeah. So that's yeah. how it goes. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Journey. Yeah. Yep. And it it matters. It matters. Yep. It matters which parent is the black one. Yep. <laughs> it matters. Okay. So um a brief trip to in this corner because I kind of want to get to some other stuff <laughs> later. And so um what's new coming up? Uh you may um uh, a few names you may have heard. Flo Millie has just released a um, single. Oh, why is you here? Is no, I think it's the album. What is the album? the album? Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Um, that's just a question I keep asking a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Mean, Look at really looking at some of these Lovecraft County podcasts. I'd be like, Oh, why is you here? <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> this yeah. is not your lane. <laughs> Also, you Merge have, right on out. <laughs> you may have heard that Mariah Carey is releasing an album of some previously unreleased stuff. And that is going to include a single that she did with Lauren Hill called Save the Day. I have never heard it. And you know what? I'm interested. Because if one thing I'm going to give Mariah Carey, she has done some damn good collaborations. She She knows how to collaborate with people, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amber Mark, who every once in a while, you know, she will come up with a song that I just really like, and I'm like, oh yeah, because, and it's like, oh she had that other song, like oh she had that other song before, and like, but now she's yeah. doing the thong song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's it's interesting. No, it's an interesting cover. I had to listen to it, and it's <laughs> it's something. No, Emma Martin, um, if I'm not mistaken, she's the one. She did a cover of Nirvana's Heart Shaped Box, and I really liked it. So I can definitely, <laughs> yeah. She also did a cover of, um, uh, what's that song by Sade? I won't pretend. Uh, Love is Stronger Than Pride. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like Emma Mark. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one I have to, an album I have to listen to. 
is Nubi Garcia. She's, oh shit, sorry. Um, the track is, called, oh no, sorry. The song album's called Source. I'm trying to think because I know she has had some stuff out before that I, um, that I, that I've liked before, but I cannot think of what it is to save my life, but she is familiar to me. Just, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot and I have to, um, keep all of that in, in straight net. And, uh, so she's a jazz saxophonist and, yeah. um, yeah, if you want to listen to something, it's very, very chill. Yeah. Still very good. Yeah. Like I started listening to Source and it sounds really good. Ah, cool. Yeah. Other than that, I'm just, I need um, whoever does the soundtrack to Lovecraft County to release the music in like the next week. Because if you watch the show to the end, you know that the end credits that is Alice Smith doing a cover of Cinnamon. Right. I was and like, I was waiting. I yes. was waiting for somebody to say it. I'm like, yeah, that don't sound like Nina. No, that's Alice that Smith. Sound like Nina's version. That sounds no. really much. That really sounded like Alice Smith. No, but nobody was saying it. Yeah, no, I caught that voice. That is Alice Smith. And mm-hmm. if you also remember, that is also significant because Alice Smith did the theme song to Underground, Heaven's Door. Motherfucking yes, justice for fucking underground. Excuse me. Misha got the team back together. (laughs) Yes, she got the squad back together. Yes. So if I see if I see all this in the episode, I swear to God I'm gonna scream. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking mind. Yes. But yeah. I see what's the name of the woman that played um Harriet Tubman? Uh, if, I I see, if I see I one, if I see one frame of her bald head, I'm gonna lose Hines. it. Aisha Hines yes. was robbed of an Emmy. Robbed, yes. very much so. Yeah, bring back uh, shit. What's her name? Um, Tegan on How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, Just yes, bring the whole crew back. <laughs> bring them all back, Misha. Yeah, just bring because there was some such great women on that show. Yes. So many. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that was a, a little trip to Indus Corner. And if you you know, like any of the music that we talk about it, a lot of times I play it on the Black Swan Collective, which is a show I have on Mixcloud, and you can find that at mixcloud.com slash Indalorn. And so yeah. Okay. So before we get to some more good stuff, we gotta catch the fade. And y'all, y'all, y'all need, we gotta quit because we are all out in isolation and I wanna start screaming at people already because mm-hmm. we are in isolation. Stop making it worse. Right. Dede, you wanna start us off on catch the fade? No, but you could you could go on with what you're saying because y'all are making it worse. We're gonna be in the house till 2022. Yeah. The way some of y'all fools are acting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all yeah. still fighting about wearing a mask? Yeah. That's the yeah. least y'all could do. Y'all want to be huddled up hundreds at a time, going places for what? There ain't shit to do. Anyway, okay, but. What I need to talk about (laughs) 
is this ridiculous ex expectation that black women are supposed to, to save the world time and time again, while y'all stick your fingers in your noses and waste your votes and, and stay silent when other people are being oppressed and abused. But black, 13% of the population, we supposed to save the entire country for y'all. Mm -hmm. um, the, the sentiment started rolling around again after Michelle Obama spoke at the DNC this week. And um, I, I just need you to stop. Yes. We cannot be expected to save the world on top of all the other problems that are dumped on us daily. All of the other pressures that are dumped on us daily and we're, we're not super women. We're not, we're not built to do, to survive all this stuff and bring and bring and protect everybody and save everybody. We're not, we're human just like everybody else. And for y'all to sit on your asses and say, oh, black women will clean it up is insulting. And makes me think that you see yourself as some kind of modern day slave owner. We're not slaves no more. I don't owe you shit. Um, yeah. I don't and know, you wanna say something, girl? I'm saying I just... it's, it's actually leading to the next one because the, whenever y'all start getting on this kick, black women will save us all and shit like that, to add insult to injury, y'all be the very same ones, not only harming us, but also won't even lift a finger won't lift a finger or do anything to help us when we are harmed. Right. You won't. But you want us to come and save you? Right. Like we're getting it, we're getting we're getting we're getting bullshit from all angles. Yes. But we're supposed to ward all that off and also fly <laughs> in to save the day. We're, like we're some some superhero and in, in a comic book like no we're human and most of y'all don't deserve our energy anyway thank you because like i said it's not going to be returned nobody's protecting us why the fuck should we protect y'all anymore i'm just i just we, can we please just be done with it can we can we just say, as a collective, black women, we're done. We're not doing this. Stop. And all of y'all that aren't black women can stop expecting us to clean up after yourselves. If y'all had done right with your, if y'all hadn't wasted your votes in the first place, we wouldn't have been in this mess. That's to the 53%, mm -hmm. to all the white men that voted for that clown 
That's for that's for all of the governors that suppress votes in their states. Yeah. But y'all want thirteen percent, less than thirteen percent, if you're just talking about the women. Y'all y'all want that that fraction of the population to save all of y'all because you can't be bothered to do anything for yourself. That's infuriating. Mm-hmm. I refuse. Yeah. But yeah. Um, this is probably going to be the third episode where we talk about Megan Thee Stallion. Mm-hmm. And because um, it just it just reveals her situation reveals a lot of stuff within the black community. Um, a lot of dynamics between um, uh, men and women in the community. Um, just the fact that through this whole ordeal, through um, the ordeal that that lady that got harassed by Talib Kweli mm-hmm. on the internet went through. Oh. Most of these rap, most of these rappers, who are peers of these people that are harassing women, black women, are silent. I mean, even my fave, my mm, fave has yes. worked with Talib Kweli before. Yep, I'm sure. I'm sure he has his phone number somewhere. Could have been like Talib Chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen him say nothing and now he's got now he got accusations coming down on him and his crew yeah so, yeah it's like it's like don't have faves y'all yeah. don't have faves just don't don't because even the ones with the best reputations yeah. got shady skeletons in their closet so um so um nobody nobody protected um I think her name was Maya. Yes, Maya. Maya I forget her last name. Maya yeah. or something like that. Nobody protected her when she was getting harassed daily for like two or three weeks by this rapper on the internet. Um, nobody protected no name. All right. All right. Nobody protected um, Jaguar Wright. All right. And people, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of stuff about her on the internet. Nobody's really talking about her allegations. They're taking them seriously because nobody wants to. Nobody wants to talk about that one because these were the so-called decent, you know, good guys. These are the conscious dudes. Yeah. But like sometimes they be the worst ones because they use that language of, they use that language of progress. It's a shield. Yeah, and you know, social justice and all that. But they be doing the, the worst shit behind it, you know. And so, this, so yeah. And um, so um, Megan the Stallion finally had enough. Yeah, she was holding on <laughs> to details for a long time, just trying to keep trying to keep ignorant Negroes out of jail. 
Um, and finally, she finally, people were pestering her so much on the internet, she actually took pictures of her wounded feet because people refused to believe that she actually got shot, even though there's video footage of her mm. walking away from a truck with bloody feet. The fuck you think she, you think she hurt herself? She damaged herself for that? She don't need no, she don't need to do anything like this to get publicity. She's got no. number, she's had two, this is her second exactly. number one record. Exactly. This summer. This should, summer. Not this year. This summer. She really right. should be enjoying this. And she can't because ignorant Negroes on the internet Mm -hmm. and also this lion ass motherfucker Tory Lanez. Maybe I should just call him by his real name. Daystar Peterson. (laughs) Because when you think about it, when you think of Daystar, you think of Morningstar. When you think of Morningstar, you think of Lucifer. (laughs) Anyway. Um... (laughs) But she finally said, y'all are lying on me on the internet. I'm going to get on IG Live and tell my side of the story, a.k.a. the truth. She said, you shot me. I, And even though I was shot and bleeding, I still had the presence of mind. To think about everybody else in that Yes. Car. Yes. I'm like, and she looked around. She said, we're all black. If I go to the police and say, somebody in this car has a gun and yes. I've been shot. Yes. We could be dead. All of us. So she's, she, she was thinking about her own self-preservation and that of everybody in the car, including person that attacked her so yes just to be clear she was not thinking oh i have to protect daystar exactly she was like i'm trying to make sure everybody gets out of here alive exactly and a byproduct of that is that his ass got saved yep and for him to have the nerve to spread these lies on the internet and go to these gossip blogs and start these rumors and, t- and just tell flat out lies when she could have easily given you up that that just the profound lack of care i mean that's not just lack of care that's that's straight out malice y'all want to consider intent he had the intent to harm, and he still does. Yep. And anybody caping for him can just go somewhere. And, and please stay the <laughs> fuck out of my face, because I don't want to hear it. I mean, that's the reason he can't. He can't go back to can- Canada. Didn't want him. <laughs> they sent him. They sent him to the U.S. because because of behavior problems, and he hasn't. He obviously has not gotten any help for them. And for all of y'all 
that are saying, oh, well, restorative justice isn't going to work and, you know, should have just called the police. The po- Megan was smart enough to know police weren't going to fix this. Police were going to make this a lot worse. So all, all y'all saying, well, I would have done this. Well, I would have done that. You're not her. Exactly. And you She's were not in that situation. That's the way she moment. knows how. And I'm sorry, but for her to like know in that moment to be as clear headed about that at that time, that's remarkable on her because it's like, yeah, maybe she could have gone and tried to call the police because like she needed help clearly and obviously, but knew that this could, I mean, this could have cost her her life <laughs> in addition to other people. Right. She said even when even when um um the the police did talk to her, they were aggressive with her and harassing her. Yeah. So it's like I, I don't understand why y'all want to trust the police so much. Y'all really think the police gonna do something. I mean, y'all don't understand besides like, try to kill us or harm us. Because I'm pretty sure almost every black woman and girl who has, you know, been harmed by somebody who has come forward in some way to tell one of the first things people will, you know, will say to her, ask you, what did you do? Because there's some, there's some belief that if anything happened to us, it was our fault anyway. People don't see us as being victims or being victimized. People don't think that people can harm us. And if you know right. we are harmed, well, what did you do? What did you do to deserve it? <laughs> right. I mean, that's what they were. They were. They were. People on the internet were pestering her and pestering her because they didn't believe her. They didn't believe her. Why would you fucking lie about getting shot? They were. The they were like, oh, she's getting on live and she's got all this makeup. She's got all these fine clothes on and she's looking all pretty and stuff. She didn't get shot. She shows you pictures. You don't believe her. She t- she shows her pictures of her fucking wounds and you still don't believe her. She finally says, that man shot me. Y'all call her a snitch. The fuck? She didn't snitch. Fuck all of you. Patriarchy has y'all so twisted up. Y'all are gaslighting this young woman. And, 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 and driving her out of her mind and <clears throat> She don't need to share half of the shit that she be sharing with y'all. This is the reason why Rihanna and Beyonce and them, when they get to that level, they don't talk to y'all no more. Exactly. It's it's press releases and music videos and be happy for that shit. Yep. Y'all, because y'all seem to think you're entitled to people's personal business. This woman is in trauma. She's still grieving the. She's still grieving her her mother and her grandmother's deaths. Like we all leave her in peace. She don't owe you shit. But something. But something. Just want to say, all of y'all who are making the fucking misogynist and transphobic jokes, I hope you choke. I really hope y'all fucking choke. 
Because fuck y'all. This shit is not funny in the least. That's disgusting. It is. But um, one thing, um, one thing that was a good point that uh, Raquel Willis made on Twitter. Um, let me bring up the exact tweet so I can. Mm-hmm. She, she 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 made it. She said, um, "This week, three trans women were attacked in L.A. Mm-hmm. Megan verified that Tori shot her, and there are instances of violence that we don't." and may never know about. Trans women and cis women truly need to connect with each other since the mm-hmm. source of much of the violence we face is the mm-hmm. same. Yes. She goes on to say, there are too many missed opportunities in solving the violence we often face at the hands of cis straight men. The patriarchy often has us see each other as em- enemies to distract from the fact that our society regularly views us all, especially black women as disposable. That was a word. Thank you, Raquel. Yes. So um yeah, I'm just I'm just enraged. I'm enraged for um all of black women, yeah, trans and cis. They don't have no protection. None that get that get mocked when they talk about their trauma. Yep. Okay. So because they really don't they don't real they don't want us to talk about it. They want us to stay silent and just hurt. Yep. They just want us to stay out of sight and silent and in pain. So, so don't say protect black women. How about actually doing it this time? Yeah. Yes. Practice what you preach. For a change. Yeah. For a fucking change. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's take a couple of deep breaths. Get out. All right. After that, let's go to a happy place. And you know what our happy place is here. Our happy place is this week in that print. And for this week, because I'm going to let you get into it, Didi. But before you do, I just, I have to brag a bit. Because I have to say, I was ahead of this. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. But I'm so glad everybody catch it. Because you know what? Let's spread the joy. (laughs) Spread the joy and be happy. We all know now. So Diddy, why don't you tell us about our repeat, um, our repeat um, inductee here? Yes. <laughs> Let's spread the joy and spread these legs. Spread. <laughs> oh, sorry. But um, yes, we're talking about one Jonathan Majors, who Inda talked about when he was star of. The last black man in San Francisco. Yes. And I'm bringing him back up now because he's the star of Lovecraft Country. And um, he's uh, kind of beautiful. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Yes, and and Misha Green, God love her. (laughs) God love her. Her horny soul. She gave us many opportunities to see that man in in and out of white, tight white t-shirts. Yes. Got to see him wet. All in the first episode. (laughs) We got to see them broad ass shoulders. Yes. I feel like y'all ain't talking enough about them broad ass shoulders. (laughs) My God. My God. Got to see him in glasses and out of glasses. Oh my God! We got to see him take turn, take the glasses off and put them back on. Mm-hmm. What mercy! Goodness. Yes. And them kissable lips. Lord have mercy, Ooh. Jesus. Oh goodness. Uh, them oh. lips. Do them lips. Them lips. Um. Yes. I got. I. 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 I got some for them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yo. Ooh, I'm just saying, um, yeah, I did not expect watching a horror TV show to get me this, um, <laughs> it's hot in the, in the britches, but, uh. It's just so many beautiful people in it. It was just so many beautiful people in it, and, yeah, Jonathan was a standout in it. Mm-hmm. Lord, they just had, they had him just on the side of the road, just with his back to the camera. Mm. Pretending to like wrench off a little bit. I was like, mm-hmm. Ooh, that back. So yeah. Strong back. Strong back. Just everything um, about him just looks sculpted. Mm-hmm. He looks like a sculpture. I'm telling you, I bet you bounce a quarter off that booty. <laughs> you will get you will get ten cent back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was just that he just looked so young in this, in this, because I mean, I didn't <sighs> he, he just looked so young. But I'm like, otherwise, I mean, I mean, we can work with this. We can work with it. I, I, I don't care. I, I don't even want to look up his age. Don't do it. <laughs> just let me enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> um. And uh, then Vogue Vogue magazine had to go and spend 24 hours with him and videotape it. And the and the they showed him <laughs> first thing in the morning getting out. He was still in bed. He says that that that's, you know how your voice sounds when you first waking up. Mm-hmm. You still in the bed and you first waking up. They had him say good morning. In that voice, you don't. Yeah, I'm not even gonna talk about what happened to what happened in my underwear. We're not. Yeah. But, <laughs> that wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. He's in this clean white bed. I mean, he didn't have a shirt on. <laughs> see, you just see him. You know. You know, turn around in the covers and say "Good morning, Vogue magazine," and I, oh my god, I was no more good. I was no more good in the. <laughs> when somebody can just just kill you dead by saying "Good morning," I don't. Oh my god, 
it's too much. It's too much. But, um, yes, so uh, he is from Texas, Cedar Hill, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, all through high school, he was good at public speaking. So he finally started, he studied drama in college. First at, in North Carolina. And then he went on to the Yale School of Drama. <laughs> which is with so many famous alumni from Yale School of Drama. Um, one of them is actually working on the show with him, Courtney B. Vance. Ooh. And Courtney B. Vance is married to another Yale School alum, Angela Bassett. Hey. Yep. Of course, Lupita Nyong'o. Um, Andre Holland. Mm. No, did he go to or did he go to NYU? I don't know. He and Dana Guerrero are. Yeah, they went to NYU. Never mind. Okay. okay. And um, of course, my boo Brian Tyree Henry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of um, actors from Yale School of Drama that are. Oh, and um. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? From us and Black Oh, uh, oh uh, uh, Winston shit. Duke. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Rocky Yaley's making it big. That's good. So That's um, yeah, that's so good. Yes, but yes, um, Jonathan, if you need some help with the beard growth. Yeah, I just want to say, I'm not saying the year, but his birthday is in a couple of weeks because it's on September 7th. Our boys in Virgo. If that oh, damn. <laughs> Whatever. I will so. still I will still help you with your bird girl, with your beard girl. <laughs> and I just want to say to anybody out there, if you have never seen The Last Black Man in San Francisco, correct yourself. At the end of this podcast, or if you listen to it, Go find the last black man in San Francisco because he was fucking incredible in that film. I mean, he was good the entire time, but like the third act, he fucked me up. Okay. That, y'all, that was some acting. Okay. And I will never forgive the Academy for snubbing him. I mean, he should have got so many accolades for this film. Because he was phenomenal in it, but you know. So. Well, hopefully, maybe he'll get some recognition for *The Five Bloods*. I don't yeah. know. I haven't um, seen it though. I have to. I have to say because I'm not yeah. as into Spike Lee as I used to be. But yeah. Um. But yeah. He's and and I'm sure he'll get some recognition come any time next year for *Lovecraft Country*. He better. He continues to be as good in it as he is in the first episode. He better. Because yeah. I can already tell you from right now, both he and Journey Smollett, uh, they fucking it all up. Yeah. Yeah. He Courtney B, Anjanou Ellis, like the whole cast. Yes. Like whoever who whoever did the casting. Mwah. Yes. Yeah. So y'all did that. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, um, he's fine. Yes, he's, oh, I just, just, like I said, he looks like a sculptor. I want to touch his face. Because he just has such 
Okay, so I guess that means we, we need to move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? What did you hear? Something? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just. I, it's just that every time you mention his name, I'm going to tell you to watch the last black man in San Francisco. I will do it every time because it, he was just that good, and mm-hmm. I'm just glad now that he is finally getting that recognition. And hopefully, more people will go back and be as angry on his behalf as I am that he did not get you know those award accolades that he should got. Basically, Enda just wants to say, "I told you so." Yeah, um, yeah. Just being nice about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of talk do. your shit and just talk your shit. He listen. That whole that entire film, it would the like, it just showed how beautiful black men are. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Joe Talbot and um, violent gentrification, but yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, Joe Joe Talbot and, and Jimmy Fells, they're like best friends or something. This is actually Jimmy Fells' story and. He did such a great job in putting him with Jonathan Majors because Jonathan Majors is the trained actor. Jimmy Fells wasn't. But oh, they, really? Oh, wow. Really, yeah. That's that's the thing. Jonathan did such a great job. I put it this way. He did a great job in not like <laughs> making Jimmy Fells look bad. And Jimmy Fells, you know, did a, did a good job holding his own too, despite, you know, not being an actor. And just like, it's like... Pretty much a perfect film. It really is. And a lot of that, yeah, is Jonathan Majors because it's like when I say he fucked me up in the third um, act, because I was kind of putting together what he was doing and what his character was about during the first couple. But then when I, you know, toward them, you know, when you get toward the end of like the second act, when, you know, before it's all going down, you, you, you kind of see where he's coming from then. And then he puts it all together. And I'm just like, Wow. I'm like, this man needs to have all sorts of nominations. And so when Oscar time came and there was nothing in that film that was not in, not even Jonathan Majors, I was really, I was actually upset. And I don't really try to put much stock in the awards, but still, this was upsetting because he should have gotten that nod. That's how good it was. And so, but like I said, you know, he got this show now. People started talking about him with the Five Bloods, even though I did not see that. But you know, but now this is his starring role. He is leading this, a co-lead with Jenny Smollett. Y'all better recognize. I'm just gonna say. Okay, so that's my uh, pro Jonathan Majors rant for today, <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to move on to Woman's Vocab. And today's woman's vocab, something I have uh, said on here before, uh, but it's a concept we're probably hearing a lot about now, again, is harm reduction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Harm reduction means to implicate certain techniques and methods in order to manage potentially unhealthy, damaging, risky, or dangerous behaviors and reduce harm. This began as a part of substance abuse discourse and theory, but is now also used more generally to frame other types of behavior. With harm reduction, People use various methods to gain control over their harmful behaviors rather than stopping them completely, which can be stressful and ineffective. Harm reduction. And that is brought to you by our 
current election cycle because if you'll notice that a lot of people, especially black people who are more leftist and progressive and radical rather than rather than liberal and you know left, we are looking at voting as harm reduction right now. <laughs> because it's like, you know, not really expecting a whole bunch of, you know, big wide ranging change or anything like that. But hopefully in the interim, if, if, you know, since we can't get y'all to, you know, do what we really need to be doing to overturn, you know, the system, we got to see what we can do first to survive in it first. And right now that just means doing, reducing as much harm as possible so that we can fucking survive. So since y'all, since y'all busters forgot that Julian Castro was even in the fucking race. Thank you. <laughs> this- I mean, I, and I don't, I think, I think black people as a whole voting block, I mean, we're not a monolith, but for the most part, when we vote, it's, it's for harm reduction. Exactly. Because exactly. neither one of the candidates are very inspiring most no. of the time. Yeah, not at all. It's it's just it's always about the lesser of two evils. Exactly. And since y'all ain't gonna act right and you know give us our Castro like we need it, you know. But whatever. Y'all can't even have him at the goddamn convention. Yeah. But y'all want but y'all want the Latinx vote, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Man, the way they take the way they take it for granted, um, black and brown people's voting. They really, man. Yeah, okay. they're really putting they're really putting the pressure on us to vote, 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 but don't want to do anything about voter suppression. Don't want to do anything about voter suppression, and then don't even want to keep promises they made. And then they're going to make the same promises the next election cycle. They're like, okay, but right. did you do this but, when you were in office and said you would? All right. It's like the only time we'll see a politician. It's come election time. Yep. Stop Any other time, they're not trying to talk to the to black and brown communities. And stop. They still want your vote. They expect your vote. Like, please, just stop showing the fuck up at black churches during election time. Right. And no other time. So fucking insulting. It is. Okay, so we have done a show. We, again, are a Black Girl Squee on Twitter, Tumble, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can find me at Ender's Corner. You can find Didi at Dust Daughter. And you can find us both collectively at Black Girl Squee. And you can also email us at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. Once again, uh, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcatcher is by using the RSS feed. And you can find all of our episodes, of course, at our host at blackgirlsquee.com. So, until next time, bye! Bye!